if we're not flexible and fluid enough to look at ourselves and see where we might improve or change, then we are not going to be able to be open-minded and compassionate towards those around us. Jones hosts the podcast every year for nearly a decade. Sasha has come back on to host the episode the last week of April, which is the week of my birthday and the birthday of this podcast. (laughs) This year, we talked about how we met. We met 10 years ago in a very kismet way, and we get into what has changed over the last decade and how we both have been noticing the passing of time and, of course, cringing at the past versions of ourselves and much, much more. So I'm just going to get to it as uh, quickly as possible. But thank you so much for being here. Sasha is one of the most creative, gentle, wise and brilliant people that I know and you'll hear in a second if you haven't heard her before and if you have I'm sure you're as stoked as I am that she's back for our annual catch-up these sort of end up being time capsules of the year and this one's pretty casual you're about to eavesdrop on us catching up on the phone as if you were downstairs and you picked up the landline and overheard Another year has passed. Here we are again. <laughs> I wonder how many we've done. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't think we definitely haven't done 10, no. but we've done maybe five. I feel like we have this is how we started every year is like remembering <laughs> the, the many that we've done. I know we did a couple when I lived in Michigan. And then I know we did a couple in your apartment in New York, at least two i would say i don't remember yeah but what enough we've done a lot i don't mean enough i mean we've done a lot. <laughs> maybe enough maybe maybe this will be the last one uh we definitely did one last year i do remember that yeah yeah and it's been 10 years since we first met each other i know happy uh decade friendship anniversary i know to you too amazing Actually, technically, it would be June, right? Yeah, I think it was um, June uh, 21st, that uh, solstice weekend. Yeah, I I will always remember. I will never, ever forget meeting you and looking at you across the stairs of Madison (laughs) Square Garden, eating your smoothie in in a mason jar in this way that I would have been eating a smoothie in a mason jar if I had a smoothie with me and just being <laughs> looking at you and being like, that is the coolest New Yorker 
I've ever seen in my life. I want to be like her. I want to be here. And I guess, did I just walk up to you? Like, did I, I knew we were, we were at the same writing conference, which was in this hotel in, what is that, Midtown? Of, of yeah, in Midtown. Sort of interesting area of Midtown where there's not really uh, Like a not interesting area of Midtown, actually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, there's not much, not many, well, who knows, probably maybe now there are, but there weren't places you could easily get a smoothie or or lunch real quick that that we wanted and and we were I must have been looking at you because we mu- must have had our our notebook or something from we were at a writing workshop that was at this hotel across from Madison Square Garden and I was sitting there eating my lunch and I was staring at you just stalking <laughs> you just staring at Sasha <laughs> looking so cool and I, I, now I don't, I, and then I remember talking to you that day and then we had, had lunch together the next day and you brought me a smoothie, which was, and you got my number, like we must've, I know you got my number that night because, or I gave you my number. Cause I remember you texting me that night being like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make you a smoothie because Whole Foods is maybe closed and I need to get the stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't worry. Like no problem. <laughs> um, but I was like, Oh my God, she's so nice. But now I remember, now I'm not remembering like, did I just walk up to you and say like, hi, I, I think that you're really cool and I've been staring at you during lunch? Well, my memory is that you were on a higher up step a little bit over and then I, I turned around and, and we caught eyes. And then there was some kind of like acknowledgement that we both had the same uh, name tags or something. Yeah. And then, and then one of us went and sat with the other person. That's That's kind of how I remember. And then we went and sat together the rest of the afternoon yeah yeah Yeah. and we subsequently like merged friend groups like the friends I had made that morning (laughs) and the friends you had made John I remember but yeah you were so popular like everybody wanted to be your friend they were like oh she's figured it out she she uh does social media for Gabby uh Bernstein and there was a lot of like you were kind of like you had a lot of fangirls (laughs) it was it was bizarre it was yeah and I kind of didn't want any of it and I wanted to just hang out with you and yeah it it was celebrity (laughs) it was such an interesting I mean god thinking about I haven't thought about that in a bit I mean I think about that weekend from time to time or at least every year because I I think about meeting you but like wow how wild that you chose to go to that. And I heard it on the radio and asked my mom to take me. I was 21 or 22. I must've been 22. And I remember it so, so vividly, like, especially that part, because I feel like meeting you changed my whole life. You showed me the life that I wanted to have. Like you showed your life in the East Village and your friends. And, you know, then I started coming to New York quite a lot for work and I would see you and I would stay with you. And then I really wanted to move there from the second I met you, but it took me a long time. And when I did, I chose where I lived to be close to you, (laughs) to be a couple blocks away. And you lived in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And living in the East Village was like, I thought for sure I couldn't do that. And I, and I did in, a, in an interesting way, but it was so 
wild to me that like if I went to met you, the whole trajectory, this is a real rom-com. This is a real <laughs> romantic friendship story. And yeah, I'm just so happy that happened. Yeah, I guess relatively, it didn't really take that long. I mean, you've been gone for over three years. It's wild. Yeah. It's funny. There's a few things that have made me think about the passing of time. And one of them I'm looking at right now is when I first moved into this apartment, it was um, 32 years ago, which is crazy to think about and makes me sound very old. But oh I, there are some photographs I took of the house that's kind of across the street and to the right a little bit. And it's, it's such a beautiful house and it's, it's next to the Marble Cemetery. And I was just very drawn to the architecture of it. Anyway, I, was, I found these photographs somewhat recently and I was looking at them and I realized there was no tree. And now there is a tree that is taller than the building. (laughs) And I don't know at what point that happened, but it just, at some point, somebody planted a tree and it's become big. And a tree is a really, really good way of of marking time, I think, of just like realizing how much time goes by. And then I found this, um, what I've been sorting out, I've been trying to do a lot of clutter clearing and I found this, I had this old suitcase that I couldn't close. And I was like, okay, I'm not delving into this in a big way but I just want to delve a little bit so I could shut the lid and I found a notebook that was when I first moved here I was 20 years old and it was 1988 and I was an au pair and there were this wasn't really a diary so much there were some diary things in it but it was things like the price of a phone call was like a dollar 59 a minute <laughs> and uh, it was like or more at, at certain times it was really interesting and things like English to American translation of words. And in it, there were all these lists of things. Uh, And then it sort of went on to things I wanted to do when I moved back to England, which of course I never did. But there were all these beautiful ideas and ideals that I had. And it was really kind of refreshing to see that they are the same as I am now. Like um, as a 55-year-old, I still have many of thoughts. But one of the things on that list was get these teeth in braces, exclamation point. And as of about two months ago, I have removed the Invisalign that I've had on my teeth for the last year and a half. So it took me a really long time, but I did it. So that was kind of amazing just to see how long and maybe longer than that, probably longer than that, but how long that um, was a goal and eventually it got met. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Wow. I just I mean, all that, the tree, the teeth, it's it's really wild. I, I just went over to some friends or new friends' house. I'm gonna be watching their dogs, and there's four dogs and they're all seniors, but two of them they got somewhat recently and they're they're rescues, but they're they told me how old they are. That one was like nine and the other was like twelve or something. And I was like, Oh, how do you know? how old they are. And I, I'm, I was like, is there, I'm sure there's like some tests. I just didn't like know how one does that at the vet. I was like, Oh, it's like a tree where you can see the rings, you know, <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. And I guess they use their teeth. I didn't know that with, with oh. dogs. Like I don't, then I was thinking on my drive home, I was like, well, those dogs don't know how old they are, you know? And, and age is, is really, I mean, we start to, feel it in our bodies and and then there's the whole huge thing about aesthetics and 
bodies and wrinkles and and how we age in that way and and standards of beauty and and all of that but differing timelines or when people do things really doesn't matter but we live in a world where people do think about those metrics i mean i feel like we've had so many conversations about this recently that you've been so loving and kind to me when I'm, you know, asking you questions about, you know, all the wisdom that you have and you've, you've been able to help me think about this stuff. But I think this year, for some reason, it was like, I I turned 30 at the beginning of the pandemic. And then now even, even headed over to this house this morning, I was like, they're grownups. They're like, so set up and they're, life and there, you know, and then I'm also there, I had this interesting experience where someone I used to babysit when I was in, I want to say sixth grade and they had the coolest family. They have six kids. And I always thought I wanted to have six kids, not for any reason other than this family was so cool. And I was like, I wanted, (laughs) if if that means I'll be like them, then I guess I'm going to pop out six. <laughs> and <laughs> but I would babysit these kids and and I was so outnumbered and 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 one of them, one of the younger ones, a person I know here, who I like vaguely know here, posted some a recipe of hers of this person's. And I was like, why does that name sound familiar? And I look and it's this person that I used to babysit. This yeah. this tiny I remember she was in first grade. So I guess I was in maybe set, let's say seventh, hopefully, you know, whatever, however many years that is. And she has this, her wedding. I saw, I went to her wedding on Instagram.com. I saw her, (laughs) her home with her, like, and I'm like, wow. I look at that, you know, the sixth grade me would look at her life and my life and be like, wait, what? Like, she's a, you were taking, you were taking care of her, you know? And, and what I thought my life would be is probably not what it is, but I don't know exactly if I wanted that or what I thought my life would be or that, you know, the careers that are available aren't even, technology makes that not even possible. Like I I would have podcasted. It wasn't like I could be a podcaster or I could have a podcast, I guess radio maybe, but that was so rare that someone could could have a radio show. And it's bizarre to think about how I thought something, something being my life would be and how it is at this age. But also, I don't know if I really thought it through. I just like, I was like, there's no part of me that wants to have six kids ever. But, <laughs> you know, I was just like, yeah, that, looks, that seems right. Like, you know, I don't think I really thought, like, did you have a idea of how your life would be before you moved here? Or, and is it like that? Or did you kind of not know like me? I mean, I think I didn't know, but I think, first of all, it's hard to dream things that haven't been invented yet. So that makes sense that you hadn't quite figured out that you wanted to be, to have a podcast and, and work for yourself and things like that. I know that similar to how you said that that experience, babysitting six kids made you imagine having six kids, but not really fleshing that out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i one of five kids, but the the second two came along later. So my favorite memory of my childhood is the years between my mom's marriages. And it was 
my mom and the three girls and we drove around in her mini and we listened to Elvis Presley. And every time I later on envisioned myself as a parent, it was always as a single mom with three girls driving around in a mini listening to Elvis. (laughs) And there wasn't really, uh, there was never a partner involved. I never could uh, sort of envision a dad in this scenario. And so it is funny how we just have like a snapshot of our young life can make us think like that's what we'd like our future to look like. But beyond that, I don't can't really think how I imagined New York. I didn't I didn't know what New York looked like or felt like. I had no idea. I hadn't really taken it in in that way that I think you did from like watching Rent and mm-hmm. your uncle's stories. You had a, a much more of a real idea of what New York and especially this neighborhood looked and felt like. I really yeah. didn't. I just was like, I got this book on working abroad and I applied to all the jobs in it. And then USA Au Pair America, I think it was called, was what I applied for. I didn't even know I was going to land in New York. I hoped I would, but not for any particular reason other than it sounded cool, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't know. And so, no, I I don't, I had no, no, I could, I didn't paint a picture and stepped into it. It wasn't one of those scenarios for me at all. It's just been a bit of an unfolding and it continues to be like, I don't know what's going to happen. We're yeah. still figuring it out. And, you know, when I think about aging and you know like ideally in a perfect world you can retire at the age of 65 I I can't really see that happening I'm still figuring it out I'm still kind of inventing myself and my professional self and things so I don't know but I heard a quote the other day um it was a Mae West quote she was pretty cool and it was you're never too old to become younger and I love that and it's true. And yeah, you've got we got the wrinkles and the you know the chronological years are passing by and and all of that. But you can still adopt like a youthful attitude and approach to life. And I mean, sometimes I I don't feel like I'm any different, or maybe I'm even healthier than I was in my thirties. So aging is a funny thing. Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite stories of yours, just how you ended up in New York and the family that you ended up being an au pair for. Maybe you can even and tell a little bit about this. They were in Soho, right? Yeah. Amazing. I mean, they're just, I'm still in touch with them. They live in San Francisco now, but they had this really raw, beautiful loft on Prince Street between Worcester and Green. Little did I know when I arrived there how special and amazing that was, but it was so special and amazing really big beautiful loft that just had some kind of divider walls for my bedroom the kids bedroom the studio where the the mom is still a sculptor and so her she worked there lovely lovely people who are just so different to anyone I'd ever met and yeah, I mean, it was a real shock to the system and it was so different. And they, you know, they wanted me to talk about my feelings and <laughs> things like that, which I had never done before. Um, but I know that they were incredibly influential on who I am and what my goals and dreams were, as I talked about in that book that I found. I know for a fact that they inspired that, whether I was aware of it or not, but they were just so lovely. And yeah, Isaac is. 39 now. I and the other day in my suitcase of very special things, I found 
a birthday invitation that he and I had worked on together for his fifth birthday. I remember it so vividly and like he drew this amazing picture and then I think we got black and white photocopies and then he colored each one in and we used stencils and I just found it and and I found it on the 6th of April and his party was on the April 8th that year and and I just couldn't believe the timing of finding it and it's uh so yeah and Abby was uh, like 15 months then and uh, they're just really amazing people and Similar to how you talk about the kids you babysat, I feel like the kids that I was an au pair for definitely are, I'm just like, wait, I'm supposed to be more advanced in life than you, but I don't feel that I am. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I think the comparison thing is is what makes us feel, I mean, this is sounds so obvious when I say it out loud, but it's, that's the only thing thing that makes us feel like we're ahead or behind is, you know, when we are in a vacuum, we would just be like, oh, this is the pace I'm going. But yeah, God, that's so cool. And it's so wild to me that it was just a random service and you got the coolest family with a loft and so sculptor, like the bet, like that just makes me so happy that that happened for you. And sometimes like like, like what you were saying about me wanting to move to New York, I mean, that you're right. I mean, I totally romanticized New York City from the the day that I came out of the womb, it feels like. I, I just, as you know, my my uncle lived there and I never really traveled growing up. But in third grade, we did a trip to visit him. And he always talks about how my eyes like lit up when I saw the Empire State Building and he it was Times Square, which is silly, but I was eight, you know, it was like so striking. And then I I saw rent, as you know, when I was seven, which is really <laughs> young to see rent. But I knew every single word by the time I was eight. And my mom was like really embarrassed by it of like, <laughs> which is so sweet and funny. But it's like how I learned about the world because we didn't have the internet then and I like was there's so many references in rent and there's so many different kinds of people and you know and it's also how I learned about like what heroin was you know what I mean like it taught me a lot of things but but it was good you know that was it was good for me to know all that stuff and it also made me really want to move to to New York and and not just not just rent we like kind of joke about about that like of course I end up right in rent territory but a lot of that was because of you and where I ended up in in New York but also it's just so growing up when I did like friends and every tv show and movie like it just I wanted to live in a city and I it was so different than where I grew up that it just it was all I wanted and that was kind of where it stopped for me when I like thought about my future it was like I just want to live in a city and to live in a city I need a job and friends and like cool outfits and like, so that I need those things too. And uh, that's it. Like, and that was kind of as far as my like hopes and dreams went. And I, I was thinking about this the other day. Cause like you were saying you were so not attached to the idea of like being in New York even, or how that family had an impact on you. You were just like, Oh wow. Okay. This is where I ended up. And now you see it looking back, but I kind of had that here because similarly, I didn't romanticize LA in the same way. I didn't 
romanticized moving west. I didn't know anything about here. You know, obviously you see LA in the media too, but as a kid, I didn't really like clock that, you know, like New York's very recognizable and any city I saw, I just was like, well, that's New York, you know? And then LA was just like, oh yeah, that's Tinseltown, Hollywood. (laughs) And like, cool. But like, I, I just visited here a handful of times before I ended up here. But, you know, I I was sitting on my couch the other night and I was looking out the window and I have such a great apartment. Like I love, I can't believe I ended up here and I found this place. And to me, it, it means so much to me. And I was thinking about my friends and I was thinking about the places I get to go and the things I get to do. And I was just so grateful. And I, and I haven't, you know, there's, (laughs) there's been highs and lows in the last 12 months since we did this last, but you know, for the most part, I'm just like flabbergasted that any of this happened. And, and I think part of it too, is I was, I, you know, me, I watch like two shows a year, but I've got a new show, Sash, that I haven't even told you about. (laughs) What is it? It's Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you? I read the book. I haven't seen the show. Oh, what do you think of the book? I want to read it now. I'm like hooked. I had a medium feeling about it. Okay. Well, I haven't read the book, but I I had an interesting experience. I guess it must have been last week. I was walking down the street and I ran into my friend Veronica on the street and she was like, hi like we chatted for like a quick second she's like oh I like your outfit and I was like oh thanks I you know I wasn't sure about that or something and and she's like on you know what like kind of out of nowhere she's like I think you should you should watch this show I think you'd really like she brought it up I think because of the style and and I was like oh yeah what is that I was like yeah I think I've heard of it because I I, it's like on the buses here you know like the advertisement or whatever and so I, I I like clocked that I was like vaguely aware of what it was but I didn't even like put it together that it was that book because now that I saw the book cover I do the book is really famous and I like do recognize the cover of the book that I was aware of it I'm pretty sure Carolina read it too or maybe I saw yours or who knows but anyway so then I watched it and I'm not done with it yet I'm on like episode I don't know like more a little bit more than halfway and oh my God, Sash, I'm just like, oh, oh, sorry. I the This is maybe not an important detail, but so then that happens with Veronica. Then later that day, another friend mentions it to me like out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, whatever. And, and then I go to, and part of this is just like, it's a popular show and like, this is not like so wild, but then I go to dinner with my 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 oldest friend here she and I went to college together and then her her boyfriend who's also my close friend Chris he grew up here and he was was working at LNE and we were sitting at at the bar and and he, I'm like chatting with him and he brings it up and then he's like yeah it's so good blah 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 blah, blah. And he walks away because he's working. And then Katie, her name is also Katie. She says to me, she was like, he really loves it. He's been putting it on like just to play while like in the background. And I was like, oh, wow. All right. That's that's it. I'm going to give this a spin <laughs> like tonight. And so I do. And it really hit me hard. And I think because it takes place in L.A. and because it's so Laurel Canyon and also like the way that 
everyone's dressing is kind of like how people are dressing here in my neighborhood. And my my friend Captain said that of like the Beatles documentaries. Like, yeah, it's cool because you see everyone wearing outfits that like it looks like it could be Highland Park because everyone kind of dressed <laughs> like that now. And it's kind of the same thing in this show, too. And it's really pleasant to watch. And you know me, I love a friend group. I love an ensemble cast like like Rent <laughs> or um, <laughs> or Friends. But, you know, I like the drama of it. I like the oh, but maybe then them. And, the, you know, I, li- I live for that. So it's really checking a lot of boxes for me. But I'm sitting <laughs> on my couch and I'm like looking out the window and I'm like, there. you know, a lot of it takes place in Laura Canyon. And there's this one party scene that looks so much like this party that I was at a couple months ago. And then just seeing the palm trees. And I was like, I had that feeling I had as a kid with New York where I was like, oh my God, I get to... I can't believe it. I can't believe like, (laughs) and I really needed it that day because I think I, I was feeling pretty down and it kind of knocked me out and this is so cheesy, but it made me pretty damn grateful for like, all right, well, this is maybe you don't have that or that or that, but you have all this, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is a really, it is a really incredible thing to live in these amazing big cities. It really is. I mean, I, I was talking to someone today about sort of that that longing that a lot of us have to leave cities and to to move elsewhere. And then you put your toe in something and you're like, you know, okay, it'd be nice to have this, this and this, but I really, really, really love everything that this city offers. And I'm sure LA, New York, but all, all of the big ones have that. And it's really is a blessing. It's it's also like hard. It's It's hard and expensive, but I think, you know, to have this experience to live in these amazing places, is really incredible. Yeah, in a really in in ways that we can never, you know, know that we would be, uh, we would never be, we we can never know whether we would have this way of being or thinking or living if we lived elsewhere because you know we have one life. But I just think that that some of these cities just are the best teachers just in what we see. And I know you also love walking and walking and just. We take in so much just constantly, right? Oh, yeah. And it's saying yes to, like, I didn't really know how I would move to New York, but it just kind of worked out. Like, my work allowed me to move there, and I got there, and I got where I got because of, you know, I just kind of said yes to what was in front of me. I didn't force it. And then coming here, like, same. I just – and for some people, like, it might not be – living in a city. And for so many people, I think they don't even want that or like think of that. And I think if someone does want it, you should try to figure out how to do it because you'll always wonder kind of like you with your teeth, you know, like I never noticed one second when you told me you were doing Invisalign, I was like, what? Like, I never noticed your teeth one second. They look great now. And I'm like, so happy to see them. And I know it makes you happy. But I truly, Sash, like never noticed. And I think it but I'm so happy you did it, especially that story you said, because you clearly really wanted to for a long time. And you always would have wondered if you didn't. And I think it's the same thing. There's cool people everywhere. And there's cool places and gardens and parks and probably more so, you know, and, and obviously cost of living and like practicality, like, of course, but I, I did have a chip on my shoulder about wanting to move to New York and living in New York. And, and there are so many different ways to 
have a life. And this is the one that like panned out for me so far. But I, I, I just am seeing so much of like, I don't even know that any of this was in my control. I'm just like kind of saying yes to the next thing one at a time. <laughs> there's somebody who lives opposite our apartment is a cemetery. So that's empty. And then there's someone in the apartment behind that who has a disco ball and disco lights. Mm-hmm. And they probably have no idea that it's affecting people a whole block away oh <laughs> in the middle of the night. There's, yeah. And I'm not even in the front of the apartment in my bedroom. And it just comes through. There's this a uh, disco ball gl- uh, bright light that's and uh, I'm a sensitive sleeper so there'll be that and then there'll be people stomping through the building at three o'clock in the morning or somebody ringing a doorbell and and there's this part of me that hates on cities so badly in those moments <laughs> but I think it's just good to to sort of check in and remember the the beauty as well and um, yeah I mean and really to do that wherever we are yeah, totally. I mean, and I, I don't know. I just I love that stuff. I mean, I've had like here there's just there's so many helicopters at all times and there's so much there's so much wild stuff happening at all times and and there's often parties happening in in my building until like so so late and like a full mariachi band and and I honestly like <laughs> love that and like you know me, I can sleep through anything. But recently, this is probably so boring for anyone listening, but the one thing that really got to me this week was, and I, and I said this, if, if and I know you've seen Tar, but I, I said this to my to my friend. I was like, I went and met him at the at the garden, and I was like, oh my god, I I feel like I'm Lydia Tar right now. And he was like, that could go so many directions. <laughs> like, why do you feel that way? And I was like, because there's been a a smoke alarm, a fire detector, like smoke alarm beeping outside of my window or outside of my door like in the hallway for like two days and I think I'm going like insane like it's it's I'm hearing it when I'm not there like it's just like beep 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 and I can't tell if it was getting faster or slower and I'm like texting my landlord to see if they could fix it and something was wrong they couldn't I mean it was like I mean whatever that's just like that could happen you know whether you own your home or you live in an apartment this is nothing to do with living being in a city but Wow, was that a was that a mindfulness practice to, to be okay within <laughs> the midst of that? <laughs> but I guess you know we've sort of been talking about the the idea of time and passing time and stuff like that, and and it has been as well as ten years of knowing each other. It's been ten years since you began your podcast, probably almost exactly right. Or March thirteenth, yeah, so twenty thirteen. Just like a month off, but like very close to a decade. And sure, that's something that you didn't really anticipate where it was going to go, how it was going to go. Listen, I'm a bar person and I don't mean the type that you go to with your friends, although I enjoy that as well. I eat a lot of bars. Uh, I do. I, I just, I really do. And listen, a lot of them contain a lot of artificial sugars that can, you know, wreck your digestion and make you have what my friend Christine calls bubble guts, meaning, you know, you're gassy. <laughs> and a lot of them can taste terrible <laughs> and have a lot of chemicals, perhaps, or just things you don't want. But you know what? There's one that's really, really good, and Paleo Valley makes it. and. 
Listen, it has collagen in it, which can be really great for digestion. And they taste incredible. And listen, they don't have much sugar. They can help you feel a bit more calm and they can even help you sleep. I keep them around in my bag. I share them with my friends. I, I really enjoy them a lot. And Paleo Valley has so many products. They make these beef sticks, to be honest with you, that my friend Dexter really, really loves. He like asked for more the other day. And I I think you'll you'll really like their products. They have so many. They have five flavors of these bars. They have many flavors of the beef sticks. And the ingredients in them are incredible and give you a lot of energy and keep you moving through your day. They are free from a lot of the things that you might want them to be free from, such as dairy or gluten. And you can learn more about the exacts of that if you just click a link and it'll tell you everything you need to know. What's what's really great is that I actually have a discount for you. If you go to paleovalley.com slash let it out, you can get 15% off your first order. So that's paleovalley.com slash let it out for 15% off your order. I like the apple cinnamon one a lot, but the pumpkin one was my favorite. And I want to know what you end up ordering and what you like. Thank you so much, Paleo Valley. I can't, I just can't believe I'm still doing this, Sash. Like, <laughs> I can't believe, I haven't done anything for 10 years. I haven't lived in a an apartment for 10 years. I haven't been in a relationship for 10 years. I haven't, I probably have a, several pieces of clothing that I've had for 10 years, but, <laughs> you know, computers don't last that long. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I haven't had I a job for any- that long. There were the, you. One of your questions you always used to ask people is about their their morning practices, and I wonder if you have a practice that is ten years long. Mm, uh, yeah, I do actually, for sure. I do scrape my tongue every morning. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. what? I was thinking about that. My tongue scraper is a piece of equipment that has been around the world with me. Uh, you know, all literally all over. I've never, I never leave home without it. I did one time um, just to like spend the night at my friend Christine's and I had to use a spoon and I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) I prefer to have my real, my real one, but it has, I remember I got it in, in East Lansing, Michigan. It's probably like 13 years old because I got it in college at this, uh, (laughs) this place I used to teach yoga called creative wellness. (laughs) And I bought it there and have used the same one ever since. And I, I was looking at it the other day and I was like, Wow, this is so sustainable that this has lasted me that long, and I don't. I, maybe I should get a new one, but I think it's fine. Have you had yours for a long time? I have. I got mine in two thousand six, and um, I love that it's the thing that I may have until I die. I hope that I lose it. You know. Yeah. So you've had yours for much longer. Not much longer, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's, wow. Uh, yeah, it's very, very versatile. Very cool. As you were talking about, like that one time you forgot, I was on a flight to London and it was the summer, it was uh, 13 years ago and my nephew was being born. So I was going to to spend the summer in London and I was on the flight and I had that moment, like the parent in Home Alone when they realized they've lost the child. And I was like, (laughs) 
crack my tongue scraper. And I was just thinking like, oh my God, where am I going to be able to get one? Because it wasn't, you couldn't get them like you can now. Oh, right. And, you know, by the time I'd landed, I'd figured out, oh, I could use a teaspoon upside down, but it was like several hours of concern. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it does work, but not quite as well. Yeah. Any other morning or other just habits or things that you know that you are are as old as your podcast? Yeah, that's such a good question. Well, while I think about that, or I I do have a couple in mind, but for for people listening, this is like now becoming a bit of an ad for a tongue scraper, but (laughs) I do it because I can't not do it. Like I just feel gross if I don't do it in the mornings. But I know you, Sash, can probably give some more information about why we do it and why it's good. But I think that it's interesting. I I recommend it from time to time where I just mentioned that it's something that I do and love. But my friend Christine texted me a couple months ago and was like, hey, do you you still use your tongue scraper every day? Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. What's up? And she was like, I think that's why you need to knock on wood. She was like, I think that's why you never get sick. She was like, because I started using one. She started using one. And at, because of, I, because of me, I think, and, and she was like, and I haven't gotten sick this whole year, but her boyfriend moved in with her and he had gotten sick a bunch and she never got it. And who knows? I mean, I do not think that that was like because of the tongue scraper, but I was like, oh, no way. That's, that's really cool. And I'm just glad that she enjoys it and whatever. But, um, but it made me like think about that practice of like, wow, yeah, I do definitely do that every day, but I don't think about it just like brushing my teeth. Like I don't, even think about it. It's just so ingrained in part of my morning. Yeah. I mean, it's the very, very first thing I do, even before I pee. It's just like the tongue gets scraped. And I do think it helps us not to get sick because all that kind of gunk that's on your tongue, if you just have a drink of water and drink that back down, I mean, that sounds really gross (laughs) as I describe that, but it's, you know, you're getting it out and uh, you're letting it out, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's an Ayurvedic tool, but I think they also prescribe it for if you have cravings. So after a meal, I mean, I like to brush my teeth after a meal because that really helps me. If you scrape your tongue, you can, um, you can take that away. The other one that I do every day, and I'm curious what, what yours are, I guess I'm trying to think. I mean, I have a lot of things I do every day now, but I don't know if they've gone the distance and I have a lot of things I used to do back then, but I don't know if they, if I still, still do them. But I mean, the the biggest one I guess is, and this isn't necessarily in the morning, although I prefer it to be is walking like in a same and a really, really large amount of walking through mm-hmm. throughout the day. But I, I really prefer it if I can leave and, and, and go on a walk and, and I, and I'm, proud to say, like speaking of what we were saying with living in different places and cities and regardless of where I've lived, you know, obviously in New York, it was my number one mode of transportation. And I could just like walk out of wherever I lived there onto the street and, and be walking in the city, which was so cool. But even when I lived in Michigan, like I lived in a very, very walkable part of Detroit, my last apartment, and I would walk to a coffee shop there and no one, it's, it's very similar to LA, like no one really walked there and 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 I wasn't thrilled about it when it was, you know, freezing and snowing either and, and didn't do it much. But 
here, I walk everywhere in places that people, you know, wouldn't really walk or or don't walk at night. And I do. And I, and I just do. And I, and I love it. And getting out first thing in the morning and there's all this science about like getting the light on your eyes and, and being, you know, in, even if it's not sunny out, but like getting outside. But I really feel that, like, I really don't feel awake. And I think especially working from home, like if I don't have anywhere to be for a day, but I have work to do just like at home or on my computer or something like that. And definitely with the pandemic, when no one was really doing much, I had to leave and come back wherever I was living. Even when I was living with people, like my morning routine was like actually very sweet when I lived with people during the pandemic, but we would go, the the coffee shops were closed or well, the, the one that we would go to was closed. And so we would make coffee and well, someone else would make the coffee. Then we'd put it into a thermos and we'd walk up this hill with with our dog. And I can see the hill right now. It's like this hike that is in our neighborhood. And I I live like right across from it now. And we would do that so early at like 7 a.m. because it was summer and it was before it got really hot. But yeah, we would wake up at 7 and, and do that. And we knew all the people on the hike. And it, it was, I really, really liked that. Like, I really liked that, like, first thing, get up and leave. And I really admired that my friend that I lived with did that and that he let me come on this little ritual. And I kept doing that, not in that same spot, but I would go on my own. And, you know, and then the coffee shop did open. And now I, now that's, that's like my routine. But, I think it was really a combination of like leaving early, getting out, being around people, um, being in the sun, moving and like, yeah, caffeine. But like I all those factors really like compounded to make me feel awake and and energized. And it made me realize I'm an extrovert, you know, because I think it did give me energy. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it was such a contrast to like when I started the show and I would ask people that question, like, what, remember how I'd say it too? I'd be like, all right, what are, we always talk about morning routines. What, what are the first three things you do when you wake up in the morning? And how does that affect how the rest of your day goes? I remember saying that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a good question. I know that you probably have tired of asking that question and, and you've changed a lot since then. And so probably a part of you is just, wants distance from who you were as a 23 year old podcaster uh, compared to how you are now but it is it's it's good information you know and it, and I think it it is true that your day is informed by how you start your day mm-hmm. yeah and I mean I love I love hearing that answer from people still because I like knowing how people spend their days. And I I just think that's interesting because it's real. It's like seeing someone when you're not meant to see them. And that's what like, even like living with people or staying with people or observing people when they're not in their open sign hours, you know, like, I think there's something really interesting to me about that. Or maybe I'm just nosy or curious, but yeah, I, I, I find that really like intimate and and sweet and 
when I would ask that question though, and you know this, I would just kind of take on all the like, they were mostly wellnessy routines, you know, and it was like, okay, warm water with lemon, and then you meditate, and then you do this workout, and then you do your morning pages, and then you chia seeds, and then this, you know, and I was like alone for all of that and doing it perfectly. And then I would leave and it was like 2 p.m., you know what I mean? And I haven't like <laughs> done anything and I was by myself and didn't make me happy. And then when I came here, like all that went out the window and I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this hike with this person. And uh, cool. And then it was fine. Like nothing happened. I did my meditation later. I did the like weird, like ab workout that I do later, not at all. And it was fine. And like, I just, I think learning to moving to LA helped this a lot. And I think it was also the pandemic and just being around people a lot early on. Then I, I just kind of let go of all this dogmatic way of like having to do all of these, you know, processes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I was going to say like, what, what don't you do that you were doing 10 years ago? But that's, that sounds really the, you've already answered that question is kind of, you are not rigid and there are some things you probably dip into now and again, but not as like, this must be done every single day. Yeah. What about you? Well, yoga is every day. That is, that has to happen. And it's funny because today I didn't do yoga and it was like five minutes before we got on the call that I was like, no wonder I feel so weird today. And I don't even know how that happened. Well, I do, but it's, it's very, very unusual. I don't think, um, you know, other than when I hurt myself, I think like in the last five years, I've never missed a day. And so that does feel quite weird but um that's definitely at every day and then of course lemon water and squatting and the morning poo has to happen for a day to be functional and um but otherwise i really you know i i'm between the city and the country and i'm between my schedule is never the same sometimes I have a really, really busy day and sometimes I have more of an open day. I could still have a lot to do, but it's more open. And so I have to, I have to make myself disciplined. It's not my, it's not natural for me to kind of be a disciplined person. So I have to get on top of myself. Otherwise I'll, I'll be up till, you know, really, really late trying to catch up. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm, you know, I, I still love my smoothies and things like that, but I, I, I also don't feel so locked in and rigid as I, as I once was in that. And, and kind of really understand that wellness is, uh, is, is about fluidity and being, um, being able to kind of just like change when yeah. necessary and be open to what's happening. And yeah, and that's true with food as well. I mean, I have, I have some digestive issues, which mean that I cannot eat certain food and it's, you know, and so I have to rein it in a little bit. But having said that, I have much, much more, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not sure, but I'm much more open with what I eat and try and things like that than I once was. I think that's really good. Yeah, I agree. I feel it feels good. I hope that you can do yoga still today. I hope this call didn't didn't um, derail your yoga every day for five years. No, it didn't because it's so it was so late in the day that I realized that. But I I will definitely do it even okay, if it's good. midnight. I will get it in. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm kind of the same way. I sometimes call it like my 
my little, I, I don't know, my, my friend Lydia owns a yoga studio here and, and I was telling her this. I call it my Jerry Seinfeld workout because I just read somewhere that he does the same workout routine every single day. And I do this like combination of yoga. Oh, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's stretch. I mean, it's all things that everyone here listening has done before. Like you have done before, Sash. Like it's all, I could explain what they are, but I'm not, I'm not going to, but it's like a mix of, you could call it Pilates exercises or yoga, stretching, physical therapy. They're all like none, none thing is like anything bizarre. I just don't know what the names of them are. I could describe them, but anyway, so, I, but I do that every single day. Like one of them is a, a plank situation, you know, and that little routine, my friend who owns the yoga studio here, I was like telling her, I was like, yeah, again, I got to do that. And sometimes I procrastinate it and, you know, and, and she was like, oh, it's like your home practice. And I really liked that better than the Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> like workout. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Like if I don't do that, it's like hanging over my head in a way that I, this I don't think is healthy. Actually, I'd like to change. And, you know, I have missed that a, a very rare amount, but I do see that it's control for me. Like, I do see that it's like it's a little bit OCD in a way where I it's hard for me to sit still and sit down and work if I haven't gotten these process addictions. Uh, I called them recently in a newsletter, but like if I haven't gotten this order of operations in and I see that it comes from like there's so much uncertainty in my life and around me but like okay if I just do that then I am okay <laughs> like I can really kind of see where that comes from and the days when I don't do it like it's fine nothing bad happens but I just prefer it when I do and it's just easier if I just do it that's kind of where I've gotten to but yeah it, it's and I've done I've taken that kind of thing to an extreme before where it's hard for me to function if I don't do these things I've like set out that I have to do. And I, that's mm. something that. Is it then it's kind of on your mind and you can't really be yeah. present. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, as you were speaking, I was remembering that there was a bunch of years that I did the five Tibetan, the five Tibetan rites. Oh and yeah. Do you ever do those? With the, yeah. The, the, you made me think of that when you talked about the plank. I did that pretty religiously for a number of years and then, you know, I I went to England and I was carrying a lot of ceramics with me because I was giving my sister a, a whole like dinner service thing for their wedding. And I hurt my back very, very badly and I couldn't mm. walk. I was, I've never felt this. I think I slipped a disc or something. Oh my gosh. And so I stopped doing the right and that was it. And it was just took that one moment in my life to like re- to like rearrange what my morning routine was going to be like and it's just funny isn't it how that can happen like you just forget something one day or you have a different I don't know a different experience for a couple of days you go on vacation and then all of a sudden everything changes yeah yeah I I used to do those too someone recommended it on on this podcast actually and I did them for a while but yeah it's it's interesting I think maybe that's where some of the the control comes from it's like well if I don't do this today, fine. But if I don't do it tomorrow, then I might not do it the next day. And then I'm never going to do it again, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, I, and, yeah. and, and, and I know they say that about a habit, like just don't miss two in a row, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, during the lead up to the holidays, like the week before Christmas this year, I 
was working so much as you know i was working at the shop that i that i always work at one day a week and then i was also working at this shoe store lock and i had i wasn't used to having to be somewhere for big chunks of days and there was one day where i worked the morning at the shoe store and then went straight from there i think i had like a 15 minute time period to get to the store and then i closed and i you know got home at 10 and it felt good like it feels good to like go and work long days and just do it and i was good at it and i was exhausted at the end of the day and i didn't have time in the morning to do my <laughs> whatever we're calling it my home <laughs> practice or whatever and i then that next day i was also kind of rushing and i was like yesterday was fine so uh I'm not going to do it. And I just didn't do that whole week. And then I flew to, to Michigan. And when I got to Michigan, I was spending some time there and I did it every single day, like to a T, if not more. And then I was just like back in it when I got back. And I think it was good that I didn't do it that week. And I think it was fine, but I, and I didn't let it bug me. And I try to keep that. I'm glad that happened because now I keep it in my brain where like today I had a really busy day. Like I went to this house that I'm going to be house sitting at and and got acquainted there. And then I went straight from there here to, to talk to you. And then after this, I have a meeting actually soon. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I have another podcast. So it's like all these things in a row. And I, and I said to myself last night, I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about doing it. Like, just, it's fine. Just don't, it's fine. You don't have to do it tomorrow. Like just, it's going to be like a day, like when you were working so much and I, but I did it. Like I got it done this morning, like really early. So I don't know. I think taking yourself off the hook is good. Yeah. That's the growth part, isn't it? It's the, um, I don't know, the, the being gentle with ourselves and realizing that these things are, they're, they're little tiny things. They're not big, they're not big picture things. And yeah. And then that the little tiny things do kind of add up though, you know, over time and Yes, for sure. I always say like the tiny things are the big things, you know, yeah. tiny tweaks along the way are really how we get to where we want to go, whether it's uh, baby steps up the mountain or, um, you know, small tweaks in our in our lifestyle, depending on where we want to go and what we're trying to get. Yeah. You know, where we're, whatever it might be that we're aiming for. I definitely believe in that, but, but I think it to beat ourselves up because we miss a day of something is, is unhealthy as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's finding that balance is not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. And I think that, you know, I think for a while I used to say to my clients, uh, about sort of only focus on your accomplishments and really don't spend any time thinking about what you didn't get to. But now I've tweaked that because I think that in fact, it is interesting to observe the things that didn't go to plan and ask questions as to why not. And maybe maybe the answer is, well, I realized it wasn't that important, but it might be like I was kind of scared or, you know, it's it's good to to question it and to go a little bit deeper for yourself and just ask, well, why didn't it go to plan? And yeah. with a kind, uh, you know, a kind voice, like I always have that thing about like, being detective and subject at the same time but really gentle like gentle observation instead of that sort of nasty critical voice that we can so easily 
pull up to criticize ourselves. I don't think it's necessarily that we need to just be like, it's fine. It's just fine. We can ignore it and move on. It's like, it's, it's interesting to ask, well, why, why didn't I do this? Self-awareness and self-honesty are really the kind of the most important things. My, my, my friend Crystal says this of like, I'm fine if people are imperfect, obviously, and are in process or are working on things or are, you know, not feeling their best or, you know, having a tough time or whatever. She's like, that, that's fine. Like, that's fine to be around that. I, you know, I, I get it. I understand like that. I'm able to hopefully help if I can, or just be there, whatever. She's like, what I cannot be around and what I can't work with is people who are lying to themselves. People who are, you know, sometimes it it takes a while to be self-aware and see something, but, and I really understood, it took me a minute, but I understand what she's saying of like, yeah, when someone is like just ig- ignoring something or, you know, it takes a while to be ready to to see it, mm-hmm. but it's difficult to be around people when they're like unable to have some self-awareness or self-honesty. Like, I, I think I under- I'm understanding what, what Crystal means by that. Does that yeah. land for you too? Yeah, I, it does. And I think that can sort of be the the other side of rigidity and stubbornness and just stuck in this is the way I am and this is the way I've always been. This is the way my culture is. And so I'm not willing to to be open-minded or open-hearted in terms of like seeing change for myself and others. Because I think if we if we're not flexible and fluid enough to look at ourselves and see where we might improve or change, then we are not going to be able to be open-minded and compassionate towards those around us. So I think that it's I, I really like being around emotional people and and people who are open to change and you know, whether you want to call it betterment or or not, it's just like I th- I love being around people who are interested in in change and flexibility. I think that, you know they're my favorite people. That's the thing of like having ten years of my voice on the internet. Like really, I mean, God, I don't want to say this too much because like I don't know what's in there and I don't know what I said and I don't want to like I don't want to listen I you know it's hard and it's so hard to see things that I've posted 10 years ago or said 10 years ago or thought like we changed so much and to have that record of like what you were saying that's really sweet in your journal of like wow some of those things came true but you know also I'm sure there were some things where you're like what I don't even want that anymore like that is so silly (laughs) and I have so much of that. And I'm sure I like came here with so much certainty of like, this is how I think about this. And I probably feel exactly oppositely now on so much. And and that's all, that's all there. Like that really kind of makes my stomach drop and makes me be like, uh, I have to go immediately and delete all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, definitely. <laughs> But it'd be a bummer if I if I looked at all of that and I was like, huh, yeah, exactly how I am now, though. Like, that would be even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think we worse, but I, I think it, you'll probably find that your essence was there and your intentions and your heart were the same, but you 
you've matured and grown up like you know we all do which is lovely and I think just what you probably hope is that whoever's listening to you now understands that this was 23 year old you not 33 year old you right it's um yeah and the world is different and you know what I know I mean I hope I hope people have that compassion to yeah I mean any of us who put information out there have to be have to remember that you know we've we've said things that have been mis or disproven or have changed or there's been new science around things and it's just the world is constantly changing and the amount of changes that have happened in the last decade uh just so enormous just so crazy yeah yeah Yeah. one of the things that was in that notebook that I found was there was no details about it at all it was just a list of dates and there was like there was a canoeing and camping trip and then when there's this and this and then there was just like September 23rd something date exclamation point exclamation point (gasps) and brackets ha ha crap exclamation points <laughs> i have no memory of who that could have been with why it was crap why it was funny but i was obviously not you know devastated by it not working out or anything it was just very 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 funny and cute and hilarious and i was reading some of it out loud to mike and i was just i could hardly speak because i was giggling so much about the uh the sweet 20 year old version of me I just yeah. wish there was audio because I'd love to know what my voice sounded like then. I bet it was really different. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I've written things like that in, in, or said them in a voice text to a friend or something like, or yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even remember how I felt about it now. But yeah, you're the most reliable narrator, like right after something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know that you have to go. And so um, I don't know, do you, is there anything else you want to share for your, but we have, I don't know if we actually acknowledge that this is your birthday episode that, um, that we have started doing annually, or is there anything you want to share with your lovely listeners? Oh gosh. I mean, I just want to share how much I love you. Like I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you always. And I don't know what I want to share. I'm still figuring that out. But I, I do want to say this. I mean, I'm really, really grateful to anyone who listens to this podcast and listen to this episode. The fact that you found it when there are so many and you have so many options and every sort of direction that you possibly could want to go in. And you decided to spend time with Sasha and I right now is is really cool. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it entertained you or made you feel less alone or kept you company. And and that's that's the best compliment I can get about this show is when people tell me like, oh, you know, I wanted to call a friend, but it was late. And I just, you know, I didn't know what to put on. And I, I just put on this show. And I know it's, I know it's always going to kind of make me feel good. You know, like I know it's going to keep me company and be like calling a friend when I can't. And Ugh, that I get that feeling. Like I know what that feels like. And I like having things on in the background. I like having company. I I have listened to a podcast interview or episode of the comedy variety, of the, you know, fresh air NPR variety, of the, you know, whatever. It put something on and been feeling kind of weird, but then hearing, you know, interesting people or smart people or people that I 
that are just not me, you know, talking about the world has like gotten me out of my head in a way where I've been able to pivot out of feeling pretty dull at best or like bleak or really sad at, at worst and been able to like, it hasn't been a, you know, a complete like 180, but it's, it's gotten me to be able to like, all right, there are people feeling feelings, doing work and you're going to go do that too. And just get, let's go, come on, get moving. Like let's, it, it, it has really helped me. And so I hope that's my hope of, of this podcast. And, and I, I love being able to talk to people like this, like recording conversations with people, the fact that I get to do it and the fact that I get to meet people who listen and, you know, they say that they know bits about me and I get to get to know them because they've spent time with, with me in this way. It's not lost on me. And I also want to thank Bree because I was really not sure if I would continue doing this. And Brie, the editor of the show, actually, Sash, it's because of you that Brie is the editor of the show in a in a roundabout way because Sasha, I think we spoke about this last time. Yes, she's Molly's yeah. friend. So basically, Sasha had this summer camp called the Downtown Explorers, right? And you would take essentially your friend's kids and and do these really fun activities with them, like take them to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens and they could run around or, you know, uh, take them on the subway. And anyway, one of them is this incredible person named Molly. And I needed a intern at my old job at NYU. And so I told Sasha, I was like, how do we find, we need to find me an intern at NYU. And she was like, great, we've got one, no problem. And I met Molly, who was so cool. And then Molly graduated and I told Molly, I was like, you got to find your your replacement for me. And that was Brie. And Brie is so magical and one of the most incredible people. And I got to work with her there. And then and then she moved here and now, you know, our lives are like super intertwined. And she's been on the we did an episode together actually at the beginning of this year, the end of last year. But I'm just so grateful to you, Brie, for editing this right now. And to all of you listening and to you, Sash, thank you so much for doing this for the last several years, unclear how many, and for being my friend for the last 10. And thank you. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And Sasha, if you are getting married and need an officiant, Sasha is the one for you. And she is so good at so, so, so many things. Um, can you tell people where they can find you and engage with you and your plethora of incredible art? <laughs> Thank you, my love. Uh, yeah, my two websites are Sasha Jones, and I always have to tell people that it's S-A-C-H-A-J-O-N-E-S.com and Sasha Jones Ceremonies, plural.com. Um, mostly people spell my name incorrectly but it's s-a-c-h-a and yeah i love marrying people i'm working on weddings as we speak i have a cluster of weddings coming up uh, the next several days i've got seven weddings in four days which is very exciting and um and i do destination weddings too so if anybody's getting married in la and they want me to come over i will come and do your destination wedding and then i could get to visit katie so 
<laughs> yes, please. And and maybe, yeah, well, we I was gonna say me. <laughs> But it's not it's not looking it's not looking good for this year. Is anybody However, listening who knows? to Katie? <laughs> yeah. Well we had we had um set aside two twenty-two February twenty-second of two thousand and twenty-two to be my wedding day because two is my lucky number, but it didn't pan out that way. So I did three weddings that day. It was very rainy, rainy day in new york city but i did three outdoor elopements in the rain wow sounds like i dodged a bullet there (laughs) you were busy (laughs) um well i love you so much thank you you so much and i'll talk to you later yeah and have a wonderful rest of your day Thank you so much, Sash. She is the best. And truly, if you are getting married and need an officiant, she's the one for you. How to find her is linked below. Also, just let me know. I can connect you. And last week's episode with Christy Harrison, her book, The Wellness Trap, is out. It came out this week on Tuesday, so get yourself a hard copy. I'm going to be doing a conversation with her at Chavalier Books in Los Angeles. It's a virtual event, so wherever you are in the world, you can come. It's on May 2nd, so the link's in the show notes for that. And the last announcement is from two episodes ago. It was called Sorry for the Delayed Response with digital organizer Jezebel DuPont. And Jezebel and I are doing a workshop. If you would like to attend that, the link is in the show notes as well. That episode, I've been getting so many people talking to me about in terms of that they feel the same. (laughs) I almost named that episode Panic Levels of Computer Work because that's what I was going around saying to people when they were like, what are you doing today? which, you know, not not too much has changed, but if anyone can change it, it's Jezebel. And I think just not feeling alone in our uh, continual digital overwhelm and trying to find solutions is useful. At least it is to me. All right, I am so happy that I get to do this and that you're listening. It means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you to Brianna Bain, the editor of this show. And believe it or not, it's Bree's birthday. A lot of Tauruses around here.